Hello, hello, and welcome to this very special Mother's Day edition of the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host slash hormone health coach, femme educator, Pilates instructor, and creator of the Spring to Life method. My goal is to promote feminine body independence and share stories of female resiliency to help you love your body more and unleash your inner superpower, your period. This week, I am joined by Erin Breyer. She is a birth doula and she is just a wealth of information for mamas, mamas to be, moms that already are. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay. I am so excited to be welcoming Erin Breyer to the Spring to Life podcast today. We connected over the last year because we were working in the same coaching container and there's some overlap in our field of work. She is a birth doula and I'm really excited to be welcoming her to the podcast today. So I would love for you, Erin, to give just a little background on you and maybe where you're from and the work that you do. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It has been so much fun just in general and especially as I've moved more into this like entrepreneurial life to make such good connections with people all over the place I mean social media coaching containers like you mentioned such a fun place to meet different people and then collaborate so I'm so excited to be here so thank you for that um so I reside in Indiana um, I was born in Seattle, but mainly raised in Indiana, and I went to school for college to Indiana University in Bloomington, um, and that's where I learned about what a doula was. Um, I had, my major was human development and family studies, um, and even that major kind of fell into my lap. It's so interesting looking back and seeing kind of just how the universe unfolds to really align you with your perfect passion if you are open and, and willing to listen to it. Um, I started out as a social work major and then switched to human development and family studies. Um, and through that, it was my last semester in college and I needed um, another credit, another elective credit. And my options for what worked in my schedule was um, a class called Folklore, which I'm still not sure what that is. <laughs> but um, the other one was Childbirth in American Society. And I was like, not super jazzed about the childbirth, but it sounded better than Folklore. And no offense to Folklore, because I don't even know what it is. But I was like, this one aligns with my major a little more. So we'll go that route. Um, and in that class, I learned what a doula was and really just kind of learned a lot about the physiological process of pregnancy and birth. And as a person, as a woman who really supports and values women, I was just so blown away at like, holy moly, this is amazing. Women's bodies are amazing. You just grow a baby. And like very much so in this class, I learned about Yes, the physiological process, but on definitely the more holistic side of things. So I was just, it was an introduction to all kinds of things that really opened my world. And the thing that stood out to me the most for some reason was the fact that you can eat your placenta. And there's lots of learning more now. There's lots of different ways. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but I just thought, 
that's insane. And so it was kind of like my, um, my one liner for a little bit. Like I thought it was cool. I told everyone about it. Um, and one of those people that I told was my now husband, who was just a, a pal back in the college days. And, um, that passion for knowing that you can eat your placenta and just thinking how cool birth was, um, was something that I talked about often. So, um, my Matt, my husband now, um, at the time he worked at an AT&T store and he had a customer come in and she was a doula. And so he was like, Oh, my friend really is interested in doula work and got her card for me. And it was really the first step in my whole trajectory of birth work. Um, but it was still, I met with the doula and it was five plus years later that I actually took the leap, decided, yes, I want to do this. And for a long time, um, I, I didn't have a kid. I have, now I have a two-year-old, but for the first four years of my birth work, I didn't have any children. So I let that hold me back for a long time. I thought, who would, who would want me as their doula when I've never been through this process? Um, and so when I, started to think more seriously about it. I talked to other doulas um, here in Indianapolis. Um, and one doula told me that my worth, and I feel so strongly about this, was such just like a piece of wisdom for any woman out there. But like your worth of as a doula or literally anything does not depend on whether or not you've had children and your ability to, or your want to have children, it has nothing to do with that. And even birth work, reflecting back, it's so true. It really doesn't. So for the past six years, I have been a doula um, and I've worked with an agency. I've worked with a partner. And so the past three years, really since the pandemic is when I kind of broke off and decided to run my own business so I could offer different um, services than just being present with people at birth, which I absolutely love. But that has been one of the most exciting parts to me of running my own business is really taking what I've learned, what I've observed over this past six years and been able to shift and change and essentially better serve women, not only in my area, but, um, you know, on a, on a larger scale of how I can educate and support and connect with women who are going through this transitional phase in life has been really amazing. That's really cool. And, you know, that's actually something as I was kind of mentally preparing for this interview that I was thinking about, uh, just kind of gleaning from context that you had gotten into this field of work at a pretty young age, like coming out of school. And I think it's really cool that you found this passion so early. I always say that like for most of my life, I didn't even want to say the word period out loud, let alone like talk to other people about it. Um, it was something that I had to like really go through like the trials and tribulations to like come around to it. Um, and also, like you said, like talking about birth is like kind of a weird thing. I remember, I feel like there are certain jobs that, um, like as a kid, I remember asking my mom, like, who would want to be a dentist? Like who would want to like spend their day looking in people's mouths? And then you get older and you realize that there is like these, you know, really cool fascinations that people have with certain things. And that's what makes them good at those things. 
I'm curious in that kind of interim period before you decided to go all in with being a birth doula, what kind of like bridge jobs did you have? Yeah. So I mainly pursued nonprofit work and, um, I don't think super intentionally, but I mean, again, hindsight is 2020. It all makes sense now the, just the way that the universe unfolded. Um, but for me, I knew that I always wanted to help people. Um, I didn't really know what that meant necessarily. And I had a couple different passions before I really realized birth was my passion. Um, and it was, um, just around helping people. And for me specifically, I knew that I always wanted to work with women. I thought I wanted to work with, with younger girls. Um, I feel looking back on my own upbringing and childhood, even into like adolescent years, I was always really lucky to have two major things that I think really helped mold me and mold my passion to want to work with women. And one was, I always had really solid, um, just like women role models, whether they were coaches growing up from sports or um, people involved in my church when I was involved in my church and just different things that I always was very aware that I was lucky to have like good, solid role models. And the other thing was a good group of friends. And so I am very social. So like I said, kind of earlier, I love connecting with people. And for me, that growing up that really spread wide and deep and in really solid friend groups. And within that, I knew that I was kind of always the friend that people came to, to unload on, to ask, maybe they weren't asking for advice, but they got advice. (laughs) Um, And I really just love being a friend and a good friend. That's something that's really important to me. Um, so I knew that I wanted to weave that stuff in somehow, but I didn't know what that meant. So for me, it ended up being nonprofit work where I got to, um, help people. So I worked in a nonprofit that raised, helps families raise funds for children who need organ transplants. Um, and then I did a little bit of coaching gymnastics, which was my first passion, um, at a nonprofit at a gym in Colorado. And then I worked in high school sports administration for the majority of what I would call like my professional career before I became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for five, four years as a doula as well. So I was just really fortunate that I could work out doing both if I had to use a vacation day for being gone at a birth or whatever the Mm -hmm. case was. Um, And then in 2020, very intentionally, before the pandemic hit, of (laughs) course, I switched jobs to a more um, part-time role. It was at a co-working space. Um, So it was 30 hours a week versus 40. It was um, networking with people and just things that I knew that I would be able to build my business um, while I did this job a little more, um, just a little more laid back. So that was my job. And then of course, pandemic hit, which brought us all home and really just kind of allowed me to hit the ground running in that like weird time where it was like, Everyone was watching Tiger King and like the world was just so different than we all knew. 
um, I was able to, yes, still work at my job, but really spend every waking free spare moment in building my website and learning all the ins and outs. Um, and then I stayed in that co-working space job for just about two years until I became pregnant. And then I just didn't return back after my maternity leave. And my husband and I are in a lucky enough situation that we're like, okay, there's no way you can work a full-time job, be a mom. And like, you're not going to give up on your business. So it was really great timing to transition into full-time entrepreneur, full-time mom mode, which has been a journey in itself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) figuring all of that out. Um, But it was just interesting that so much of my um, past career like experiences, I hate to even call it a career because they were just jobs, you know, that I bounced around to that have really just led me to be exactly where I'm at today and have different skill sets that I kind of cherry picked from each job along the way to really just support me in what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. You really had like a wide range and I have to say, I have so much respect for anybody that works in a nonprofit. I have experienced working in a nonprofit as well. And it's just constant fundraising. Mm-hmm. And it's to me, that is, it's so necessary for those organizations, but it's so tedious and exhausting for me. I felt like I was really not suited for that type of role when I was working in arts administration. Uh, but the people that do it are just so good at it and it's very inspiring and it does definitely lend some like motivation and insight in how you need to work in your own business. Um, yeah, that's a lot of really cool work experience (laughs) that you have. I didn't know that about gymnastics and uh, the sports administration. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been all over the place a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think that that's, those are the best uh, stories and the best journeys when you have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I'm curious because you mentioned that you were kind of unaware of the profession of a doula until you learned about it in university. What was like the reaction of your friends and family around you when you started to express interest in pursuing this as a career? Yeah, so I don't think anybody was overly surprised. I feel like for me, it was such a slow process to actually get there where it was like, I have this interest, like everybody kind of knew for a while that Mm. it was on the horizon. And it took me so long to finally just take the leap and do it. Um, But kind of similar, well, I guess, drastically different, but based on what you said earlier about how it took you so long to feel comfortable talking about periods and that stuff. I am not that person. (laughs) I am. I've always just been very, I'm an open person in general. Um, kind of, I always say like, what you see is what you get. I, um, I just am who I am and I've always been that way. And most of the time that's great. Sometimes I need to remember to rein it back, but I, I always, I think I've kind of always been a little bit of like a feminist at heart before I really knew what it was. I've just always felt so passionate about, um, just women supporting women in general. And I think with that is like, I am going to talk about my period because it's what's happening to me. Um, Part of it is who I am just to not be able to have that filter. 
Um, but when it comes to birth, um, and kind of my career where I'm at now, I think it was such just like I said, a slow process to finally get there, that it's not it didn't surprise anybody. But I think once I became like all in and super passionate about it, um, and especially when I was pregnant, I feel like that was kind of the turning point with my close friends in my immediate family of like what it really entails to have that level of like education. And it's not, it's not something that everyone is privy to, unfortunately, like there Mm -hmm. are so obviously so many women who have babies every single day and the percentage of them who actually know the ins and outs of what they are, you know, going to be going through, through the pregnancy birth especially and then postpartum is like so minimal Mm -hmm. um so I think that was a big maybe like light bulb for a lot of the people around me when it was time to talk about like you know when you're when you're pregnant for those of you who don't know when you're pregnant a lot of people like to share their opinions (laughs) and stories and most of the time unfortunately they are um the horror stories that you Unwit like you get to hear even if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think personally and and being a doula and supporting women the way that I have been able to, I think that that's a big piece of support that's lacking to women who have had babies is that they don't get to necessarily have a safe place to process that with. And so down the line, when someone they know is pregnant, they're like, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen. And they just unload. But had they had someone to maybe process their own story with, um, they wouldn't feel like they need to scare new moms. So for me personally, that's when I saw a lot of just how unaware people who are close to me um, were just about my level of knowledge. And like, I remember my aunt telling me, oh, you'll want this, this, and this, like at my baby shower. And I, as far as like medications and things like that for birth, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, you know what, we'll see. And that was my Mm -hmm. attitude going into my Mm -hmm. own birth, um, birth story. But it was just like, you don't really understand all the things that I know. (laughs) So it became very apparent to me then. Um, But again, like, that's, that's, I'm the exception. There's men, not many people who really fully understand the full scope of pregnancy and birth and what that looks like in a hospital setting, especially um, before they go through that experience. So it's it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I I, totally, <laughs> I can relate to that of, uh, you know, you're like, okay, well, I have all of this knowledge in my brain, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, you know, you want to be able to share it. I think, um, I would love to hear how you would define a doula and maybe define your own work as a doula. Yeah, that is a great question because I think especially in the past couple of years, I have, um, I've really had the opportunity to strengthen my ties with other doulas and learn about, Um, other doulas as people, how they run their business, you know, what their passions are, which is important, I think, as a birth worker to 
really be woven closely with, especially in, in a community setting. So I won't pretend that I know every doula in the world, but here in Indianapolis, where I practice my in-person um, services, I I think it's important for me to know and understand what other doulas are doing for the simple fact that not every person, I'm not every person's doula, but there are so many amazing doulas out there. So I want to be able to help you find your best fit because at the end of the day, when you are working with a doula, that's what's most important. Um, so it's been interesting learning a little more about what other people offer and what their passions are um, that I didn't realize I had such a, such a niche. Um, but to kind of go back and answer your original question. So a doula and a birth doula specifically is um, someone who works with families who are expecting um, usually prenatal um, and then in labor and then sometimes into the postpartum period. Um, so kind of like the blanket statement and description is like provides physical, educational, and emotional support through pregnancy, labor, and delivery. Um, but what does that even mean to a lot of people? It's just like, I don't know. So there's a lot of um, education, just like we we were just saying, not, not many people know really truly what to expect. Um, and I'll even with the skill set and knowledge that I had going into my own experience, I realized I didn't know a lot of things um, when it came to the pregnancy side of things. Um, so there's a lot of education as far as, you know, this is normal, you know, we talk about a lot what's common and what's normal. Um, and those things are completely separate boxes. And a lot mm -hmm. of people think that they are one and the same. So but when you're pregnant, especially if it's your first time, or maybe um, if you don't have many friends who have gone through the experience, it's like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Is this supposed to happen? Um, and it can lead you down if you don't have the right support or a doula. Um, it can really lead you down some scary rabbit holes um, like Google likes to do. <laughs> so that's a big part of the educational support. But also that's that's similar to emotional support of just saying, OK, hold on, like, let's back it up this is okay. This is how you can mitigate this ache or pain or whatever. And this is what it means. And then um, some, a lot of it too, is just validating feelings. It's like, maybe you had a really tough day. And like, at the end of the day, being pregnant is really hard. And just being able to have someone um, say that to you sometimes is all you need. Um, and then physical support that comes in usually during labor, um, but also that validation and um, emotional support comes in handy during labor. Such a roller coaster of emotions and hormones and just the labor process itself. Um, but doulas support all kinds of birth. So whether it's cesarean and whether that be planned or unplanned, um, epidural, unmedicated. A lot of people hear doula and just think, one, they don't know what it is, or they think that means someone is having a home birth, they're unmedicated. And really, um, doula support all kinds of births. And so um, a lot of that physical support will come in handy, you know, when people are unmedicated and helping with 
position changes and just ways you can manipulate your body to alleviate some of those sensations that you feel in labor. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you are medicated, say you have an epidural, there's a lot of movement to be done then as well. And different, like I said, positions to get into and different portions of labor that open your hips one way versus another way. And all these little nuances that you don't even realize are helpful until they're being done until you're in the throes of labor. Um, and then again, that support carries on usually within the postpartum phase. For me personally, I follow my clients a year into postpartum, um, which I learned is not the norm, but I think very, very important. Um, and then for me, like I said, getting to know a lot of the other doulas and what they offer, I didn't realize that my passion and my really love for supporting hospital births is not the norm. Um, and I get why, and that's a, probably a whole different podcast discussion to be had somewhere else. But, um, the reality is that more than 98% of the population is delivering their baby in a hospital setting, mm -hmm. whether that be by choice or, you know, insurance or whatever that is. Um, that's the reality. That's where we're at. The majority of women are having their babies in a hospital. And mm -hmm. so I think it's really important to be able to support that one, but also really prepare people for that. Um, there's, I call it the like, one size fits all kind of approach to maternity care, which is mm -hmm. typically what you're going to get. If you're just like, I'm pregnant, let's go through the motions. You're going to be put mm -hmm. on this conveyor belt of like, this is what we do here. This is what we do here. This is how you have your baby all done. <laughs> um, and that's totally fine. If that's your vibe or if that's what you decide is best for you, millions of people have their babies that way and have perfectly fine experiences. Um, but my stance is just that you have a say and just that reminder of, um, I think we're entering a season of, I don't know, just a new like women's liberation where it's like, I actually want a say in mm -hmm. how this unfolds and you can have that and have a really great experience. So that's been something that I've learned in the recent years is like, I have a special, I feel like gift to prepare women for a hospital birth specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and you can pick anything and decide how that unfolds for you, but I can really lay it out for you and let you know how it's going to go. If you don't decide you want to say anything, or if you want to cherry pick certain things along the way, um, I can help you prepare for those conversations with your doctor, help prepare your partner for that ad advocating side of birth. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I've become really, really passionate about in the past couple of years. Yeah. The word that was coming to mind is advocate. You're advocating for the woman in that situation and also informed consent, which is something that I talk a lot about in terms of contraceptives, mm -hmm. just you want to have all of the knowledge possible to make the best decision for you as an individual. And that's something that you are helping provide your clients with because, you know, I, I know there are different ways that you can manipulate to maybe move the baby if needed. And there, you know, you don't always have to go with the first option from the doctor or the nursing staff, if it's not in alignment with your values or how you want your birth to go. And obviously there's always 
you know, extenuating circumstances. I've heard all sorts of stories of how things can go, but I think it's really cool that you support your client all the way through, through postpartum. I mean, pregnancy is really 10 months long and then you've got that fourth trimester. So it's really important to have that support, especially I would think if it's somebody's first child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that's lacking in general in our care too, is that, you know, being pregnant up until labor, you have appointments as, as a mom or a a birthing person, you have appointments every four weeks, then every two weeks, then every week, like you are in and out of the doctor all of the time. And then you have the baby and it's like, okay, we'll see at six weeks. <laughs> and there's really not a lot of support on that back end. Um, mm-hmm. And part of the reason that I support throughout the first year, because I truly believe you're postpartum forever. It's not like 12 months hits. It's not six week hits, mm-hmm. hits 12 months hits, whatever you're postpartum forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that first year, there are so many things that can come up and um, May is actually maternal mental health awareness month. So this is a really great time to be recording this and kind of tossing this nugget in. But um, there's just, there needs to be more support for women and moms, especially on the mental health side of things. A lot of people are very familiar or aware of, I should say, postpartum depression, but mm-hmm. it can manifest in anxiety and OCD and um, PTSD, depending on, you know, your birth experience or past traumas potentially. Um, and with that too, those symptoms that kind of pop up with that mental health side of things can happen within that first year mm-hmm. um, and still be very correlated to postpartum. So mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, you know, it's it's been three months and now I feel this way. It couldn't be from birth. And really, um, and that's just one aspect of it, right? Like the mental health is so important for anybody. Um, but especially like in that first year, your hormones are still leveling out. You are adjusting to a whole new life, um, a whole new sense of normal. And so, yeah, it's going to take longer than a year, but I'm going to and many of my clients I stay with longer than a year because we develop a relationship, but at minimum I'll be with you for a year and, you know, I'll just continue on that support, that education, that validation, because it's important. That's amazing. Um, I'm curious how maybe uh, since you started the, your work as a doula and you mentioned that we're entering kind of this new age of feminism, which I a hundred percent agree with you. There is uh, things are changing. Things are turning for women. Um, I'm curious how, um, the field of being a doula has changed and if you've noticed it becoming more of a popular thing that people are looking for. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yes, there's a new age of feminism that's on the rise and I'm here for it. (laughs) I'm here for this ride, but I think, um, in birth work specifically, I think that women in general, in general, we just are body autonomy is so important. And Mm -hmm. I know you probably feel very similarly in your line of work, but like when we talk about our reproductive body and responsibility, and I mean, like it is such an intimate thing for a woman, like it is, Mm -hmm. it is your essence of being, you know? And so I think that in that phase of life specifically is where we're seeing a lot of people, and I think it's really just back to the thought of like, they want to say, 
in what is decided for them and their body. And so when it comes to contraceptives, like don't just prescribe me something and like send me on my way. Let like, even if you decide you want to opt into birth control pills or whatever that is for you, you should get that say. And I feel that way about pregnancy and birth um, mm-hmm. as well. And so I think it's really changed in the in the doula world thanks to COVID, honestly. Um, I think two big things happened in COVID that kind of changed the landscape of um, the birth profession. And one is right, wrong, or whatever. I think this just happened. COVID made people feel some type of way about the medical system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with COVID there, that kind of just, maybe it exasperated it, but it brought it to the forefront. And it seems that a, a lot of people in general are questioning maybe the medical system. So being able to have a doula as like a third party person who knows the ins and outs um, gives some peace of mind there. But I think another thing I think that made doulas a little more mainstream than they had been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing on the birth work end of things is that at least here in Indiana, and I know it was kind of sporadic throughout um, the United States of how different states and medical systems handled COVID. um, But for us here in Indy, and I think pretty consistently, the medical system, whoever is that (laughs) decider of things said, Um, you can have a doula with you, um, and it does not count as your support person. Mm -hmm. Um, some places only allowed, most places only allowed one support person. And that was most times the partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was, I think that was huge for doulas was saying, we recognize you as a part of the birth team. Um, for us here in Indy, we had to prove that we had certification, that we weren't just someone's friend pretending to be a doula. Mm-hmm. But that even solidified it more, in my opinion, for doulas to be like, we're professionals. We are an extension of the birth team. We are not a visitor. We are here for the same purpose that you are. And that is to support mom and help this baby, you know, be Earth's become come to the Earth's side healthy and have the mom feel really supported in the way. And I think that was huge. So I think even more and more, I mean, people are going to be seeking that extra support. Um, And the more that people learn about it and the more we have conversations like this, I think it will someday be the absolute norm. Most people will have doulas. Um, That's my dream. Um, But I don't think we're that far away from it. I think COVID really helped us a lot in a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I do, I know a doula in California and I know that she ran into some trouble in being able to support mm-hmm. um, some of her friends and clients during that time. So having that, you know, unfettered access is really important. And yeah. I know that you are working on something that is going to bring doula access even more accessible to women. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that as we wrap things up. Yeah, so I have um, my newest service is um, it's called the Empowered Pregnancy Membership, um, and it's really um, it's a mix between having a doula kind of really by your side, but also childbirth education. And so um, I have taught childbirth education for a while, um, and I've really morphed my old childbirth way of childbirth education into this membership because this membership is 
so inclusive um, for so many in so many different ways. And so I say all of the time, and I know I alluded to it earlier by saying growing up, I felt really supported and, and who I had around me. And I think community is so important. I think it's so important in all aspects of life. But I think the transition into motherhood community, I mean, nothing is more important than just hearing another woman say like, yeah, I feel this way too, is all moms need this. All people need it, but especially in this transition. So with this membership, um, you get education, um, like how to have a baby in hospital. Like it's very specific to hospital birth. And just like I said earlier, here is, you know, that standard conveyor belt type of care. Here are your options every step along the way. Um, you have that community that you can build with other moms, other birth professionals. I'm going to have people like you in who are going to teach on certain topics. So really the umbrella of the type of things you're going to learn are yes, about birth, but they're about so much more. It's about health and wellness as a woman, as a pregnant woman, and as a mom. Um, and I wrote a book that also goes along with this um, course as well, or this membership as well. And it is really, um, it's called My Empowered Pregnancy Guide. So it's just that it's a guide that really walks you through the education, but has lots of prompts to be like, okay, well, now that we've talked about this, sit with it. Like, what do you think? What are your initials? There's journaling space and prompts and really just designed to also give you that individualism that you don't get in the hospital setting. Doctors mm -hmm. don't have time a lot of the time. So um, the membership is really going to be your one-stop shop for having an intentional pregnancy and journey into motherhood. And I can't wait. That sounds so empowering. And I'm so excited to be able to contribute to it and to empowering women in this whole new journey and stage of their life. Um, maybe you can share where we can connect with you online and get into that membership. Yeah. So you can go to Erin Breyer Birthing on, you can find me on Instagram, ebbirthing, um, ebbirthing.com is my website. But if you hop over to Instagram, I am promoting this like crazy. So you will be able to find exactly where you need to go. A huge thank you to Erin for joining me on the show and many thanks for to you for tuning into the Spring to Life podcast. It means so much to me to have your support. Please check out the show notes for ways to connect with Erin through her social media and in her membership. If you are planning to conceive in the near future, if you are already expecting, or even if you had a baby recently, this membership is going to be such a great resource for you. I'm excited to be contributing some Pilates movement that is safe for postpartum to help you find connection between your pelvic floor and your abdominal wall, especially if you're dealing with any DR or abdominal separation. So there's going to be so many other great practitioners in there as well and lots of uh, educational material that's going to help you on your journey into motherhood. So please share this episode with any other uh, mamas-to-be that you may know so that they can access this information if they feel called to. And if you've made it this far, I would really love to invite you to leave a five-star review for the podcast, share it with a friend, tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm at spring to life method and I'll see you here next time. Happy mother's day.